Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming back after a year. <laughs> well, we live a long way. Oh, where do you live? We live in, in Maui. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a long way. Just to get together for Thanksgiving with our sons. And they came from faraway places. Ethan lives in Kansas. Oh, okay. His brother lives in Florida. So we all came together. My mother and my Nice. We're here and we wanted to come. Did you eat a lot of turkey? You know, it wasn't good this year. It wasn't good? No, it was a little <laughs> bit. Who cooked it? Whole Foods. Oh, no wonder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm glad you're here, buddy. Thank you, me too. Yeah. Amber, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Yeah? Yeah. You had fun? Did you peek out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You cook? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. Oh, you do? Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy belated Thanksgiving. I hope you had a fantastic turkey day. I know I did. Uh, just want to make a couple announcements before we get started for some of the new new folks here. Uh, if you would be so kind as to uh, check your cell phones and silence the cell phones, I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, it's just a real, real uh, awkward situation when the cell phones go off. It's it's just really uncomfortable for me, mostly. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, as you know, we do fellowship here. So if you have a question or comment at any time, just raise your hand. I will bring you a mic, or Samuel will bring you a mic. Uh, and if we bring you the mic, please hold it in the same way that I'm holding it. Not, not too close, not too far. Speak up, because uh, the people watching and listening at home love to complain. I can't help it. It's just how they are. <laughs> <clears throat> Nothing I can do about it. But um, <laughs> um, uh, doesn't look like anybody's breaking the rules, but uh, no food or drink in here before, during, or after. Uh, and if at any time you need to use the restroom, uh, it's back that way, through that door, and to the left. TJ is not here today, so I'll be back there in case anybody gets lost or anything like that. Uh, oh, maybe Doug will be back there for a little bit as well. Doug, he's pretty good. Uh, we'll see if he's as good as TJ. But um, uh, everyone seems to be uh, pretty close to the front. I think uh, the lollygaggers will have plenty of places to sit. So anyways, happy Sunday. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Take it, Jesse. <laughs> Amazing.
Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by going to our YouTube uh, chat line there, and Hank will respond to your questions and comments. Let me know, and I can respond. Happy belated Thanksgiving, or still happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Welcome. All right. Um, anybody here for the first time? Oh, nice. Tell us your name and how did you find us? Nora Finberg, and found you through your my son, Ethan. Right on. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming. Thank Where, you. Where did you come from? Hawaii. Right on. They made you wear the mask in Hawaii? Yes. What a mess. Yes. <laughs> Any questions about anything? Uh, maybe later. Oh, okay. All right. Thank well, you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. All right. What's your name and how did you hear about us? My name is Casey, and Paul uh, showed me, are you on YouTube? Right. And now I'm here. Right on. Thank you for coming. And any questions about anything? Uh, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm ready. It's cool. Thank you. All right. Thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving was amazing. It was like more than a notion. <laughs> so what happened was um, Nick got a cold last week, and Nick is the producer, right? And and after Nick got the cold, James got the cold, and after James got the cold, Chris got it. I guess Chris got it before me, right? Yeah. And so Wednesday, I felt a little like a cold. So I, I did my show, and I went to the gym, and after the gym, I'm like, oh, I'm going home. And I went home and got in bed on Wednesday and stayed there until yesterday. Isn't that amazing? No turkey, no sweet potato pie, no nothing. <laughs> and uh, so I did everything that people do when they get a cold. Drank a lot of water, got a lot of rest, and I'm, my body's a little weak now because I've been eating. I ate some soup and stuff like that, but I'm feeling much better. And that was my Thanksgiving. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> my family called, are you coming over? And they were trying to tempt me with food, but it didn't work. But I'm glad to uh, be here today. So I may not be able to shake hands and stuff today because I... And it, even though I feel better, the cold is gone. I don't want to give me a cold. All right. Um, um, and so another interesting thing happened on Thursday, I think. So I was in bed, and someone told me to turn the TV on, get on the phone. But I, I said, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have a total quietness all day long. No TV, no phone, no anything, right? And when I realized I was going to do that, somebody would tell me, uh-uh, don't do that. It was like going crazy that I didn't want to be distracted. I'm like, what the? You know how you, do you ever spend that downtime with no noise? Anybody ever done that? Do it for 24 hours a day. And a day, it'll drive you crazy. Because, and I realized that, that, spirit of anger, which is of the mind, it does not want to settle down at all. 
it wants to distract you all the time with everything so that it doesn't have to disappear. And it was really, really interesting to see that. I, I, um, I, I haven't taken a lot of time to myself lately because we've been working a lot. But it was nice to, to go through that because I learned a lot about myself. So I really want to encourage you to have that downtime sometime. Don't wake up in the morning and pick your cell phone up right away. You know, you wake up and the first thing you reach for is your cell. You get up and do the silent prayer. Get yourself dressed for work and then look at the cell phone. Because that quiet time is an amazing time. You really get to see where you are. So, and one thing I noticed about the world today is so distracted. It's not unusual to see people at the gym on their phones and walking down the street on the phone, just living on the phone. And that's a distraction uh, from what is right. It stops you from overcoming. So, calm down sometime. It really pays off. All right? Another thing I was thinking about over this week, and if you have any questions, let me know. I was thinking about how bad things are in America. I remember when, uh, years ago I used to hear people mention anarchy. You ever heard that word? Mm-hmm. And you know what that means? Yeah. What does it mean? Rebellion against authority. Without, yeah. Without yeah. government. So what now? Without government. Oh, and, and it means a bunch of people would be robbing and stealing and killing. and When I first heard that word years ago, I really didn't know the depths of it. I didn't know what it meant. And when someone would explain it, it just seemed that that could be possible. You know, you never would think that in the United States of America that our government would get rid of the police. And then they will encourage people to go out and rob and steal and kill and and just and then they excuse it by saying that it's reparations or it's affirmative action. They won't even do anything about it. And the crime is through the roof. Not only in, in Los Angeles but San Francisco all over the place. Um my engineer would tell me this morning about uh some, somebody broke in their apartment building underneath there and stole one of the people's cars. Some people did it so they could go and steal. They could use the car to rob and steal stuff. Isn't that amazing? But what's so crazy about it, they could get away with it. And I never thought that people can sink so low that even if the law wasn't there, that they would go out of control like that. It looked like something would say, this is wrong. You know what I'm saying? But they don't seem to have any control at all. And it's getting worse. And it just, to me, coming from another reality, I know how the world was, you know. I was born in Alabama. All this stuff was not going on. And I never imagined that it would happen. It just doesn't seem like it could happen. And there's these people I used to tease a lot of time. They were talking about the uh, end times, a new world order. I didn't think that was part. I called them, uh, wh- what do people call? Conspiracy theory. Yeah, conspiracy theory. Because it doesn't seem like human beings will let something like that happen. But if you really, really, really look around, they're changing the whole world. It's not just America. The whole world is being changed. 
and people allowing themselves to change it, not for the good, but for the worse. And I think it's because they 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 get perceived power and wealth, so they really don't care about one another. It is really insane what's happening in our country today. Because I have something to compare it to, and some of you do too, but this is crazy. So I would recommend y'all get involved and do some run for office or or something. Because it's going to get worse, it seems, before it get better. A lot of people worried about their jobs, they're tripping out on that, and they have a suicidal thoughts now. And some people are killing themselves because they are losing their jobs and everything else. And this is not the way God wants us to live. This is why we bring back Christianity and bring back love because this has to change. Otherwise, it is over. It's pure evil. We got to get self-control back. We got to bring back love to the country. And men are needed in order for that to happen. You got to overcome your fears. And the way you overcome the fear, you got to seek the kingdom of God in his right way, along with nothing else. Put him first only and love your neighbor as yourself. Then you overcome fear because perfect love casts out fear. It really does. Families are messed up. It's just hell everywhere. People are afraid to walk the streets now. And it's not unusual to be driving down the road to see people fighting nowadays. Yelling at each other in cafes, and we got to bring the law back. <laughs> this is totally insane. It just didn't seem like this could happen in America. It looked like America too big for this, or something like that. But it's totally happening, and the good people are being punished while the bad people uh, are being set free. It used to be the other way around. Now the good people are being punished. Isn't that amazing? Have y'all thought about this? Yeah. What do you think when you see it? It's it's rough, man. It's like you. It's like exhausting, really. It's just you're, it's frustrating. It's exhausting. It's just a wave of disappointment after one after another. You know. Um, yeah, it's it's that you know that. I really don't know what to make of it. It's just it's it's like the new normal. You know, like. I have I have very little. I mean, I grew up in the '90s, so it's like I, maybe it's just because I was a kid, so everything seemed better then. But it's like, yeah, if if, if I'm since like my whole lifetime, it seems like it's just sort of like, you know, it's like marked by one crappy moment after another. You know, you can start with like 9/11 and then recessions and then all this stuff happening. You know yeah. what I mean? It just seems like it's like one dis. It's like that's what life is now. It's just kind of being marked by these big moments of disappointment. <laughs> so, but we can't live in this. No, I know it's, we it's can't rough. live in a so-called new norm. We won't survive. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I really don't know what to make of it. And then the media and the government just lie to you. Right. They're like, it's not inflation. It's just that what the people are not buying a lot of stuff or something dumb like that. No, it's transitory or something. They said, oh, it's normal. Like, it's, what? They call it, like, was it transitory uh, something? Like, it's when, when the economies change, it's like, oh, it's normal. It's supposed to be. It's inf- the greater good. Yeah, some yeah, crazy crap word, like that. Yeah. For the greater good. I'm at the gas pump, and it's up to $5. Yeah. And they're telling me it's not real. 
it's like I remember in January it was like two something. I vividly remember it being like, oh, it's pretty good. So, but what gets me is the mindset of the people. Why do the people just let it happen? You know what I'm saying? It's like where's the common sense? Where's the fight back? Where is the no to it? Everybody, not everybody, most people are afraid to say no to this. And if they, if you do say no, you, they call you names, they try to destroy you, and then people are afraid of that. That's why we got to get over the fear. We must overcome the fear. Yes, sir. Did you decide to run yet? I'll come to you. It looked like yes. Okay. Yes, sir. One thing I noticed uh, in this country, um, I used to listen to those people that were crazy that said, uh, you know, end of the world and things are going to get crazy and chaotic and they're running to different states trying to run away. And so when I saw that, I was, you know, I didn't know what to think. Um, what, another thing I noticed was in other countries when stuff like this happened, and they had wars, you know, Vietnam, Korea, <clears throat> South America, the exact same thing that they were having over there, we're having here now. Yeah. They had chaos, people running in the streets. And when I would watch it on TV, I'd, wow, I'm glad I don't live over there. People dying and dead on the street. We have the exact same thing here. And um, I didn't know why, but there's... I think there's like a group of people that want to make this thing happen, make uh, chaos in America, destroy America, and they're poisoning daily. So, the uh, schools. Are, so, did you you decide to run? How's your situation going? Which is sudden? No, uh, no real developments with the schools because they were closed last week. So, oh, okay. Uh, I'm still waiting to hear back about the. You know, the mandates on the vaccines and right. how they're going to respond to that will be very interesting because it's uh, it's against the law what they're doing, um, you know, the mandates. So we'll see if the the courts allow the schools and the cities to, to break the state law and, and create the mandates or not. They might. Judges are not supposed to create new laws, but they right. do it sometimes. Yeah. So we'll see what happens um, no, no, no developments on my uh, my political aspirations. Though I appreciate the encouragement, and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm, op- I'm open to it. And uh, I think we have to sort of stop thinking about this from the standpoint of America, because America is kind of almost a, a myth. You know, I mean, even Los Angeles is is too big to to even think about creating change within you know a place where there's 10 million people so i think we have to act more more locally and getting involved with the you know the neighborhoods and the the schools on that level and trying to create change and be leaders in in that way obviously there's leaders of america for sure but it's kind of uh it's kind of almost uh you know a myth that's not the way the country was not set up in that way for yeah. for everything to be run out of washington dc and so i i i'm I'm personally not inclined to be involved in that aspect of it but to to be able to affect you know a few people in the community and to bring God back into our institutions here in the neighborhoods is um you know I'm very passionate about that uh, good man and you're right we need to deal locally too because that's where we live this is where we live. We don't live in Washington. Amazing. Well, you got to get involved, folks. Really. You just, something got to happen because it's going to get worse. Somebody is trying to destroy the country and control the people. 
I never imagined that that could happen, but it is happening. Another any question about anything? No. And then I want to get to my biblical question. So I had a lot of time to reflect over the last few days here. <laughs> I was thinking about Kyle Rittenhouse's case. And there are even some of my family members think that he is guilty. And they think that he is a white supremacist or something like that. But when you ask them, why do they think that? Where to prove? They can't really tell you where the proof is. They just heard the media say it. And so once the media said it, that's how they perceive it. it they, 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 don't, they don't see that it was a self-defense trial. And in this particular case, it had nothing to do with black people, no black people involved. It was all about, like it used to be in the good old days, it was a trial. A young man had to defend himself, self-defense. They don't see it that way at all. And I'm like, why don't you see it that way? And then they saw this interview that Kyle did on Tucker, right? He really laid it out, a smart, brave young man. You would think that anybody would respect him. And his current, especially 17, 18, because you don't see young men being that strong in common sense nowadays, right? But they see it as a, a white supremacy thing. And you can't convince them, once they see it, you can't convince them that it's not true. And they're looking at the same program, they're getting the same information, but once they're convinced that it's something else, that's terrible the way the mind works like that, huh? The mind is evil. It really is evil. How can someone tell you that right is wrong when you're looking right at it? <laughs> I hate being wrong. It, but it doesn't make sense, though. Yeah, it, is, it, just, it just doesn't make sense. And then there were three white guys down in Georgia. Yeah, they were found guilty of killing a black guy. And, and the blacks who were marching in the street celebrating that, lifting up holding hands, they're, they're celebrating three men losing their lives. We're not supposed to celebrate someone else's loss. Not even our enemy. We're supposed to wish all well. And in good old days, you never would have seen that. Maybe they deserve to go to jail, so they get, maybe they get what they deserve, so we understand that, right? But you're not supposed to celebrate someone else's suffering. But these people in the street celebrating three men's suffering. And I know it had to be fake because the way they were acting, it's not about the black guy that was killed at all. It's about getting back at white people. Really, that's what it's about. It's all about that. And nothing else, no love. We got to bring love back, folks. We got to bring, it's too many hates in the world. With Christians and non-Christians alike. The Christians are thinking and acting like the world. We're supposed to be different than the world. If you have a problem, go and forgive. And God will take care of it. Whatever that person deserves, they'll get it. You're not supposed to get revenge. And these people are getting revenge against one another and the public and everything. What a mess. So I have my biblical question. And last week, biblical question. At what age 
did you decide to become a sinner? At what age did you decide to become a sinner? Very interesting response to that. What age did you decide to become a sinner? The young lady right there. Um, I don't know if I decided to become a sinner. I de- I feel like I decided to believe a lie, and that lie made me the sinner. But um, you you feel like what? I decided to believe a lie. To believe a lie, and that made me the sinner. And it was around. You decided to believe it. A, de- a lie. And what made you decide to believe a lie? Um, emotions. Because oh, okay. I was dealing with a lot of emotions. And I think it was around like 13. Oh, yeah. Um, so you're just walking down the road. I'm so happy. My life is amazing. I'm 13. Let me believe a lie. No, it was like constantly there, like attacking me. And oh. I never, I kind of like, I was just always deciding not to hear it or uh, whatever, whatever. And then everybody, it was like my whole family and everybody was riling up. I, I'm telling me and saying things, and I just end up believing the lie and be, becoming bitter. And instead of being myself and my own individual, and they made me want to be like them. Like, oh, no, you, why are you doing this? Like, why are you letting these people treat you like that? Or oh, okay. like that. And then I just believed it, and I was like bitter. Amazing. Mm-hmm. The young lady behind you want to respond. At what age did you decide that? Do we have sinners here? We do have sinners, right? Oh, everybody Christian now. <laughs> At what age did you decide that you were going to become a sinner? Uh, I think it was when I was 15 years old. Hi, Jesse, by the way. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Happy <laughs> um, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Why did you decide that at 15? I don't know. I just said, I, I was like, I'm going to start drinking. I'm going to start. you going to start drinking? I'm going to start not caring. I'm not going to care anymore. Like, I almost didn't honor my parents anymore. So I just started sinning. So at 15, you decided, I'm going to start drinking, stop <laughs> honoring my parents, and just do my thing? Yeah. What made you make that decision? Because I, I was angry at them. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. I remember, too, another memory of being, like, eight years old in third grade telling my friend that my parents were getting a divorce. And then, like, seven years later when she was having a quinceañera, she was so happy. And I remember thinking, why can't I be happy? Like, <laughs> why am I so angry all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, right here. At what age did you decide to become a sinner? At what age did I decide to become a sinner? I want to say probably when I was about seven years old. Uh, I was born in, in Georgia. And that's, Georgia. Where grew, that's where I grew up. And that's where, not where I was born. But I, like, I, I didn't learn until later that my, um, my mother kind of covertly turned me against my father by... Like she would pull, talk about the story of uh, uh, Saul and David and stuff that my dad was jealous of me. When he wasn't jealous of me, I mean, I had his things, and if I was too effeminate, he would have been like, "What?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you better. <laughs> and 
I I never felt like I belonged anywhere, and I would do all kinds of things just to get attention. And uh, you know, why I grew up in in was predominantly black schools and. Other black kids would make fun of me because I talked correctly because my dad was, he was a military man. He was like, none of my boys are going to talk like all that Ebonic stuff. Like, yeah. he, he made sure that he, he beat our butts. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it did make me respectful, but the way that there was a split between my mother and my father, it kind of made me like, I don't know which way to go. Yeah. And I struggled with that and trying to get attention just all kinds of stupid stuff, stupid lies I told. And that was probably about the age that I ended up really going down a dark path. And so did you make the decision to go down that path? I feel like I did. I could, I could have, I could have made a different decision, but I didn't know any better because I was, I was so young. Yeah. And, you know, I forgive myself for that, and I forgive my, my mother and my father because they don't know what they were doing. You went to them? I went to them. How'd that uh, go? It, it, went, it, it went surprising. I mean, my mom didn't really want to admit to stuff, but she started admitting to stuff more and more as I talked to her. My dad, you know, he, he's, he's proud. He's, he's always been very man's man. He's scared to ask he won't ask for help he won't do anything but i'm just like you know what that's fine you know i as long as i'm not carried in my heart and i can see your perspective yeah and and i you know i understand you and and i i because he was a hard working man really hard working man so your life improving now it improved drastically. I, you know, I really learned to accept myself. I mean, I started out for a while when I was about, I want to say it was like in my 20s, I actually was uh, on this trajectory of becoming trans. And then I went through this whole thing. And after I saw the LGBT community just really acting a fool, and I was just like, what am I doing? What am I? What am I doing? It's like God slapped me upside the head. It's just like, wake up, boy. <laughs> nice. And uh, so yeah. Yeah, man. Okay. How, at what age did you decide? Uh, I think I was born into it, but I do remember at twenty after seeing a movie. Uh, there was a movie called The Devil's Advocate. And in this movie, Al Pacino has this big monologue about how God is. Um, kind of sick and twisted how, you know, the ways of the world is look but don't touch, touch but don't taste. And I'm like, man, that's so valid. I- I'm tired of living this guilt-ridden life. Yeah. And uh, I remember walking out of that movie and just, it was like flipping a switch. I was like, man, I'm going to drink this, I'm going to smoke this, I'm going to snort this, I'm going to do this, I'm going <laughs> to go here, and I'm going to do it without... <laughs> feeling bad about this anymore you know this was around when i I could just tell that i would that things were affecting me so much differently than everyone else you know we we would all have a night of drinking or something and everyone else would be normal having fun laughing about it and i just wanted to like crawl under my bed in the fetal position i was just so depressed and um just guilt-ridden i felt like if i wasn't out you know saving the world then uh 
I just couldn't ever relax. I was always thinking I should be doing something better. And so, yeah, after that movie, I, I just flipped a switch and I rebelled against God and, and Christianity for, for years. Really? Yeah, and it just started coming back recently. Right on. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. How about here? What age did you decide to become a sinner? Um, I would say pretty young, maybe four years old. And the reason why I made that decision, there's a couple instances where I felt that nobody was doing anything. So I had to take it upon myself to do something. So I would get in fights. I would, uh, like, we... We have a cousin, I call her a cousin, that she insulted my brother and I hit her and things like that. I always had that mentality that I, I want to take it upon myself to do something because no one else will do anything. And then that kind of led to seeking for attention um, because I felt, since I believe that nobody will do anything, then no one's going to do anything for me. And so I would use profanity at a very young age to upset my parents and... Uh, huh. I would say things like, Mom, I hate you. Dad, I hate you. And I would just say things like that just to get attention. Yeah. And uh, that carried on for years. But it, I remember starting at a very young age. I was four or five years old. I made that decision. And when you told them about your decision, what did they say? I don't think I told anybody. But I don't know if I could communicate that I made that decision. Oh, I but but uh, I just had this independent mindset that if no one's going to do something, I'm going to do something. And then later in my life, I realized it is upon me to do something, but I have the Lord with me and I can do things for the Lord. And it's not up to me to take justice into my own hands. And so anyways, let go of that anger and moved forward from that. At what age did you decide to change it? Um, 13 or 14. Oh, you did? I was very depressed. Yeah. And very angry as a kid. And I think my parents saw that in me when I was younger too. And uh, I just had this thought that if life is this depressing now, as an adult, it's not going to get any better. And I just, I just felt that I thought about suicidal things, and I just lived in a depressed, angry way, and I felt that I needed to change something. And so how is your life right now? It's great. Yeah. You forgave your parents? Yeah. It wasn't when you went to them. How was it? Well, I was surprised. I called my mom um, maybe two years ago or three years ago. And uh, I said, Mom, I've been holding this resentment against you. It, it was in the evening. And uh, I didn't know how was that, that was going to go because yeah. I know my mom is very defensive over me and my brother. And so I expected my mom. I know I'm talking about you while you're right next to me. <laughs> but uh, I expect my mom to be like, well, you know, I defended you and I did my best, you know, and, and you know, that's what you got. <laughs> but, uh, no, she, she, she apologized. She said, I... Thank you for saying that. I didn't realize that I was overbearing in certain ways and things like that. So, oh, good. Oh, well. And how about with your father? Yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't really have that. I did not for. I don't think I forgave my father. I didn't have that conversation with my dad. Why not? I don't know. I didn't feel like I needed to. Yeah. You know, I. Yeah, I. There were things I didn't understand growing up as a kid, but nothing that I didn't felt the need to forgive. I guess you know. My dad ran for state senate, and we got a lot of attacks as family, as a family. That as a kid, I didn't understand that. I thought, why is dad standing up for things that are right? And yeah. we're getting all the you know flack for it. I didn't understand that, but now I understand it as an adult, and I just haven't felt the need to. So you're close to your father. Yeah. 
And are you doing this island prayer? I have done it. Not not frequently. The what? Not frequently, not on a daily basis. And why not? Uh, I don't have a reason. Really. You know God said pray without ceasing, right? Yes. You think he was just joking? No. He didn't didn't really mean it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, good, man. Any questions about anything? Uh, no, not right now. Oh, okay. So when you're around your mother now, do you feel like an adult or a kid? I feel like an adult. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You can speak up and stuff. Yeah, I don't let her make me feel like a kid. Right on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Were you surprised when he came to forgive you? Um, no, I could see the pattern. However, I... Um, is this close? Yeah. Um... Yes, you know, you always, I think for me, I'm glad that my child is at, at an older age or at any age would question my his relationship with the yeah. parents. And if there is anything that he had observed as being wrong or I was totally blind to it. So I think it's a very healthy step and very godly step really to take to examine where we're at spiritually yeah. and then go to the people who are within that realm. So, no, I was very relieved, actually, that Ethan did open up and talk about it. Um, I personally always tried to say, you know, if everything's okay, you know, through, as they were growing up. But to see that he had examined his own heart and was felt comfortable with it and come forward. So, no, it was, it was excellent. It was very At what age did you decide to become a sinner? Uh, it was, it's a great question, and I was thinking, because... Uh, I didn't hear you last week, so as I'm sitting here. Uh, I had very um, parents which were very uh, directive, meaning right, right and wrong. It seems like I always knew what was right and wrong based on what they told me. And as long as I was compliant with their raising me, whatever guidelines there were, then I was fine. So I don't think I ever deliberately... Maybe at school, if I thought there was something unfair with the teachers yeah. or, you know, the whole social life at school, I would not tell the truth or would, you know, try to defend myself. In that sense, but to deliberately sin um, or to deliberately go against what I knew was right and wrong from the family structure, I would say maybe college age. Oh, you decided at college age? At college, because, again, I wasn't with my family. I was in a different country. Um, They were away, you know. So because life would be easier, not not just for the sake of being sinful, but for the sake of making my life easier. Oh, I see. Amazing. Yeah. The young lady behind you want to respond. At what age did you decide? I don't think I ever decided. You don't think so? Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because when I woke up, I just realized I've been so blind for so long. So yeah. I just, there's no way I decided that. I just, I was just angry how I grew up. And all of a sudden, it's just, you know, you just don't know what you're really doing. Yeah. So I don't think I had anything to do with deciding. Amazing. Nice. Um, right here in the white shirt. At what age did you decide to become a sinner? I did not know God 
I was born into this world like all of us were and uh, was never introduced to to our Lord. So I was sinning from the beginning. Oh, so you didn't grow up as a Christian? I did not. Oh, I see. So as soon as you popped out the womb, you started sinning? Yeah, I mean, you, children are, are the most selfish uh, human beings that exist. You, you, you can't do anything out of love as a kid. All you can do is take, 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 and I continued to do that throughout my childhood and into, uh, into adulthood. And what was life like for you, being a sinner that long? Uh, not great. I mean, I, I took part in all kinds of uh, immorality and yeah. fornication and murder and, you know, the whole list. You said murder? Sure. You murdered someone? Uh, I took part. I allowed uh, a girlfriend to murder an unborn baby. Oh, I see. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. How about you, Amber? I think this question kind of made me see that I didn't decide, but I can remember like being, I think, 13 when I started like feeling angry at my parents and the whole world, actually. And I just like kind of escaped into my imagination. But I was raised in the church, so that didn't help me because... um, it caused me to judge myself more. Yeah. So I was like stuck in that. And so from that point on, like my whole life, I guess, until I started doing the silent prayer and then God showed me that the way the church culture is, is like a mess because you're constantly like judging yourself. Yeah. Amazing. Nice. How about you, Frank? I was about 23. You decided at 23? Yes, yes. Up until that point, you were happy, and all of a sudden at 23, you're like, you know what? Yeah. I'm too happy. Yeah. I was walking <laughs> And what made clouds. you decide at 23? I wanted to have sex. Oh. And all that hell that goes with it. <laughs> Sorry I asked. <laughs> and salvation came when I stopped. Oh, okay. He stopped it for me. Amazing. How about you? Um, I think ever since I can remember, first memory, like five, six, I'm the youngest of five kids, so uh, I was bullied by my older brother, and in order to get back at him, I would let my parents punish him. I would do things to, I'd lie about stuff that I did, so that he would get uh, the punishment for it. <laughs> that was the only way I could get back at him. Wow. So my entire life, just lie, lie, lie. Let him get in trouble for me burning something down. Um, <laughs> like, I remember when my sister first punched me in the face, I punched her back and bloodied her, and I didn't feel any shame about it. Like it's, So it's you punched your sister up. back in the face and you felt nothing? Nothing. She had braces, cut up my hands. <laughs> I, I got hell for it, but I was sitting there like smiling. I was like, I got her back. Like I was old enough finally to like <laughs> hurt her back for all the hell that they gave me. So yeah, I was raised with, uh, I don't know, I was, 
Now, did I have a choice? Because I like her answer about um, not being conscious of the decisions. And I feel like I was just put in that situation and I didn't have a choice. Oh, okay. Where I needed to go through that in order to learn. Like God put me in that place. He put me in a place with uh, a How like are you going now? siblings. I love my siblings now. Oh, you do? Yeah. Life is good. Life is okay. great. All is well. Um, I look at things now like every lesson that we have, every sin that I make, every mistake that I make is a lesson to learn how to be right with God. And so yeah. without those things, I wouldn't be this, I wouldn't be where I am now. Nice. So I'm thinking God had that plan all along. So I don't think that I have a choice anymore. I look at everything that I do, every mistake that I make as a means to get closer to God. Oh, okay. To question like why I did those things. Amazing. Right here. This should be interesting. At what age did you decide to become a sinner? I don't think I've ever decided to become a sinner. I just kind of was raised to think that sinning is normal, that anger is natural. and But I think when I was about 13 years old, I accepted that I was a sinner. And I enjoyed it and decided to stay a sinner and thinking that it, that's just, you know, normal and natural, so why not just accept it? Amazing. Are you over it now? Are you yeah. overcoming it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, it was fun while it lasted, but as I got older, I just didn't see any fun in it anymore. Which way you prefer? To be a sinner or not to be one? Definitely not to be a sinner, because uh, I've suffered all the consequences of my sins, and yeah. I don't want to repeat that. Okay, right here. At what age? I never made the choice to become a sinner. Um, I I was born into a church, and so uh, um, my mom was really like about reading the Bible and all that stuff. And I remember being like six years old and giving my life to the Lord. And um, and I remember just growing up and and just being like really like mischievous and really like um i don't know like real uh trying to like get over on other people who were i who i thought like weren't as smart as me and i would kind of like once in a while i would kind of break out of the illusion and be like man like what's wrong with me like i'm supposed to be someone who like uh you know is is a quote unquote man of god and yet i'm just like so, so wicked and screwed up, and like, what's what's wrong with me? And eventually, you know, I was able to to come to God for real and just see uh, and have the light really shine on all that. But but really, when I was young, I was in the darkness and I, there was no light to to shine to help uh, fight it off. Yeah, amazing. Yes, sir. <laughs> I remember in Catholic school, uh, the nun was saying to uh, write down our sins because we were going to go confess. And uh, I wasn't writing down anything. And she comes over. She's like, why don't you have anything on the paper? I said, because I'm six years old, I don't sin. (laughs) And she said, uh, well, write down things that bother you. (laughs) And so I wrote down my brother's name. (laughs) And then I I walked in to uh, talk to the pastor and preacher. And he said, oh... So you want the things your brother has, and you, you're mad at your brother for 
getting you in trouble? I said, yes, yes. He goes, so then you're jealous. I said, oh. He goes, that's a sin. Say five our fathers, four Hail Marys. <laughs> but science, you know, intellects will tell us that we don't have ability to actually make decisions until seven. So technically, if I was already sinning, that means I was born a sinner. Oh, I so, see. Uh, that means like I would have to consciously make my decisions later in life, but I think I only the only question is is when did I choose not to sin? That's the like that's the actual question. Oh, okay, amazing. Yes, yes, ma'am. Did you have your hand? Yes. Okay. It's okay. Um, yeah. When well, he was saying I grew up kind of like in a Catholic uh, church environment and. And the reason why I said to me I wasn't, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't think I sinned, is because when I when I was a kid I remember everything you're saying right now, I remember thinking it naturally. It was just so, like it was just what it was, you know. Yeah. And I remember uh, praying and just even my the things I quote unquote because they teach you how to pray, right? The the, the things that quote unquote I was asking God it wasn't for no selfish reason, it was just for his will, you know? I was always remembering that. But I do think that I believe into the lie of the world. That's why I do believe that one of the most important things nowadays is to speak up. Because if you don't speak up, yeah. things are like this is going to happen. You're going to make people angry. You're going to rile up each other against each other. You're going to do all these things. And that's what happened to me. And that's the reason why I became the sinner. And the sin was hating I'm thinking I am somebody or thinking I deserve the, something or I, I have to have respect. If you don't respect me, um, no, I'll think. hate you. Like, you don't, you're nothing. Like, I was, I had to like, I used to believe I'm nothing and people were telling me, oh, it's because you don't have self-love. And I'm like, what do you mean by self-love? Like, oh yeah, you don't respect yourself enough for hating on people that make run on you. And I'm like... I'm happy, but what is wrong with that? I'm happy. Like, if, as long as I'm happy, I don't care to have self-love, you know? But Amazing. then I believe into the lie. And that's when everything began. I begin sinning. But I don't think I chose it. It just, nobody was telling me otherwise. Oh, okay. Amazing. The young man behind you want to respond. He's dying. <laughs> At what Jesse? age did you decide to become a sinner? Uh, I say like around... Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. What I made you decide decided. then? I was pretty pretty angry at my parents. Oh, know? I see. It was a lot of anger in the house too between them two. Oh, okay. Also, a lot of fighting, you know. So. Amazing. Yeah, I think it was around okay. thirteen. So let me ask: When your son was depressed, did you know that when he was little and going through all that stuff? Did you see that happening? Yes. Yeah. You. <clears throat> yes, I, I, I saw it happening in my family, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I mean, here's my son sitting in his high chair saying, I hate my family. I, I couldn't <laughs> miss it. So, uh, but, you know, <laughs> here, here's one of the world's most unorthodox therapists right here. She said, well, we hate you, too. Wow. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or a mess. Guilty as charged, yeah. But she, uh, anyway, it worked. He stopped saying that. Uh, uh, but, um, no, I was concerned. I was a younger brother, and 
I understand being in the shadow of older siblings, how inferior you feel and the resentment. Uh, I hated my older brother. And so I saw his anger as something that was very familiar to me. I, I understood that. So I did whatever I could. And then when he started to act out more and more rebellious, I had the tendency perhaps to overreact, to be more of a disciplinarian than my wife was allowing me to be. Um, I wanted to use corporal punishment and other things, and my wife was very much against that. And uh, Anyway, the end of the story is that Ethan is serving God and very happy and fulfilled and very self-confident. And uh, Why do you see that it was coming from his mother and not from his brother? That he resented his mother? What he said, and why do you see that that was... No, I really saw him that he, well, I'm not sure I did see that he was resenting his mother. I, I, I just, I just saw him playing out my life because oh, I was I an angry, resentful, reactive young man. I oh. was, I, I wasn't as bold as my feelings were. I didn't express them because I was afraid. Uh, but I was uh, definitely an angry, troubled young man, filled with anxiety. And, uh, and for me, if I, if I may answer the question, I was always uh, flirting with naughtiness and, and rebellion. So I can remember being four or five years old uh, saying dirty words, and, and uh, I knew it was wrong. But I just enjoyed doing it. There was a thrill yeah. in doing something naughty. Yeah. And, uh, and my brother that uh, wanted to have sex at 23, I, I thought, I wanted to have sex at like five. You know, I, I was just preoccupied. I had these dreams and other things. Anyway, uh, you don't want to hear about that. But, uh, but uh, you know, I mean, yeah, deja vu. You know, I appreciate, too, my brother in the Derby over here. He just, uh, you know, I don't think I ever fit in either. You know, I think there's a lot of us out there that just don't feel like we fit in. We're, uh, and uh, that's a troubling feeling in a world that wants you to conform. Right. But, but it's best not to fit in. Yeah. yeah. You can conform to the world. Yeah, conform to the world. And, yeah. and, I, and I just didn't feel like I ever could. Right on. Nice. One of the reasons I ask this is because, again, I counsel with a lot of people now, and everybody around the world got the same problem. And it's, uh, they're judging themselves for sin. And they think that they made a decision to become a sinner. And you really, really didn't make a decision at all. You never, ever, ever, ever made that decision that, you know what, I'm going to be a sinner. But we're happy we're all born into it. We're born into crazy families. And then they turn us away from our fathers. And they, when they turn you away from your earthly father, they turn you away from God. And that's when you become angry and, and, and the heart is heartened because the sin is the hardness of the heart. And because of that, you carry out the other acts. And if you had love, there's no way that you would carry out the other acts. You carry them out because we want to feel better in that fallen state. But you never, ever, 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 ever 
never decided that you wanted to sin. Kids are born innocent. It's just that when they're born into these families, the families are messed up. They have no love. And so especially with the mothers, they hate the fathers. They want to control everything. And so they turn the children against the father. And once you fall into that darkness, that's when you start doing these other crazy things. And that's why God does not judge you for what you do. God does not judge your vices. God judges your heart. Salvation is of the heart. Human being judges the vices, but God judges the heart. And as Christians, we should learn to judge the hearts because we become sons and daughters of God. We naturally stop judging people vices, but judge their heart. Because if you don't have love, you have nothing. I don't care what you gather, how much money, how many friends, how poor, rich, what your color is. If you have no love, you have nothing. You're no good. You're worse. A person of anger is worse than a murderer. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe the scripture says that a person who has anger is a murderer. And so what we tend to do in our fallen state, we judge people's vices and not their heart. And in judging their vices, we feel better about our vices. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm not as bad as that person. <laughs> uh, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? You feel better about your own vices when it's really of the heart. Salvation is of the heart. And so I want to do what you want, but you got to stop judging yourself. You got to stop judging the vices because look at your heart, go and forgive. God will forgive you and he will change your heart from hate to love. And in that love, now he will fight your battle for you. He'll draw you in and he'll fight your enemy within, which is the darkness of your imagination. And he will fight your enemy without. You start to trust the Father. You develop in faith. You start to see how to deal with life in a perfect way. Because he would cause you to do that. He said, I will cause this to happen. I will cause that to happen because of ourselves, we can do nothing. We really can't do nothing. We think we are in control because you have an ego, right? And the ego think that it's God. And it really makes you think that you're in control. And it's not. And he would kill that ego. He would get rid of it because it's a spirit. And it's the ego to think that you became an egotistical person where you became anger, angry. Because anger is always making decisions. It's always judging others. It doesn't look at itself. It look at others and feel better about that. But once you're born of the light, the light will destroy it. It really, really will. And it's painful, but if you endure it, go through it anyway, you'll see you get past it. And it's mind-blowing, the wisdom and the love that come. And you'll see God's grace for you. So you got to stop judging yourself. Because you only make it worse. If you're alcoholic, so you're alcoholic. You don't want to be one. It's enough to know you don't want to be one. But don't judge yourself for being one. Then you'll overcome it because you're not playing God. But no one, this is so important why you need to do the silent prayer. You need the quiet time so God can guide you. But not one human being decided that they want to be a sinner. And God is not holding you guilty for that either. He's not judging on your vices. He changes the heart. He looks at the heart. 
And so we got to start seeing, because there's not one human being that ever walked this earth who has not sinned. You're born into sin. All people. Everybody has something they had to overcome. A lot of people don't overcome it, but everybody has something. So it's not about that. You need the power of the Father to work through you. And the way you get the power of the Father is through forgiving. Especially with the parents. Go and forgive. And then you, what's so deep about this, once you forgive your parents, no matter what happens in life, you will never judge another person. You cannot get angry. You won't be able to get angry. And when you first wake up, I know some people say, oh, I still get angry, right? That'll pass if you don't identify with it. You're overcoming that too. You have to doubt every thought. All thoughts are all lies all the time about anything. But you're not guilty. You were born into crazy families. You had no other choice. And now that you're waking up and overcoming, you'll start a new generation of love. Your kids won't have to go through what you had to go through. Your father, being a father and a mother of love, you're going to have, you'll get married and it will last until death do your part. Because it's done under the umbrella of God. And when, when he said that, when he brings things together, whatever he brings together, let no man destroy it. And it won't happen. But you got to stop. You didn't make yourself that way. So stop playing God about it. It's the heart. We need love. And look at the world today. It has no love. Everybody got a vice, but no one has love. Every, every vice thing is better or worse than the other one. But they're all the same. They're evil. And it's not your fault. Yes, sir. That makes sense. Anybody disagree with that? Okay. Um, what's a, the best way to go about telling your kids? Because sometimes I, I feel like telling my kids like like yeah that what you did is off but don't you know but it, it's not a big deal like don't even don't worry about it you know what I mean um, if you don't so, get angry at them yeah you yeah. do it in a perfect way but if you get angry at them you're going to do it with hate and not love but if you don't do it if you don't get angry it's going to be love and they'll sense that and that alone can change it yeah cause because the, the, spirit my kids spirit. have done done things that were off but I you know I was like hey this like don't do that but it's all good don't worry yeah don't about, make you know? it a big deal um but then there was times where my son had spilled spilled something like all over while we're all eating you know what I mean I'm looking at him like like you know what are you doing <laughs> but then I think back like that's worse than looking at him like that with that type of anger yeah it's, it's worse than 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 anything you know it is especially coming from the father but both parents need to do it with love that's why the father and the mother should go and forgive so God can forgive them and they don't pass that spirit on to their children because you're either of hate or of love. What if you're in the middle? Like, What if you started off, you know, screwed up and you, you forgave your parents and your kids are like, you know, getting older? Does that help them? I guess it obviously helps them, right? Repeat that. So, so you started off in the fall and stay, right? And right. then you forgave your parents, your son's one, and then now he's 20. So when he's 10 and you forgave your parents, the time, you know, the 10 more years, is he going to be better? Which I'm, I'm assuming, If the yeah. father is of love, yeah, yeah. the son will get better. He'll get better. Yeah. yeah. 
okay. because the kids become like the father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I was able to see my kids finally after three years of not seeing them. Oh, really? And I saw a better sense in them without me even being around them. So I, I was assuming, obviously, it's through God, you know? They got better, you say? They seem better because yeah. I'm better. Yes. Um, so I, I've seen, I don't know, I could be making this up, but I'm, I'm a lot better than what I was. Yeah. But then I haven't seen them in a while, and they're doing a lot better, it seems. So that's why I was just thinking about that. As you get better, they will get better. They, yeah. And eventually they'll come back to you. Yeah, they seem As like they, they get are. older they, or something like wanting, that. They, yeah, they said they want to you know, hang out more. Yeah, kids yearn like, gotcha. for the father. That emptiness, that void is for the father, boys and girls. Yeah, yeah. And that's what salvation is about, is returning the children back to the fathers. Yeah, yeah. My friend just sent me that verse, too. Yeah. You know what? Uh, TJ just sent me that verse. Yeah. 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 He said, there will come a day when I return the children to the fathers and the father to the children. Yeah. I wish that you could hear some of the things that I've heard. It's my Lord. I had no idea. All around the world, it's the same thing. But the world tell you it's something else. They tell you it's about color. They tell you it's about the wealth. Poor versus the rich. They tell you it's about male or female, but it's not. Yeah. It's about that anger of the heart being turned away from the father. And so you never made that decision. And we are no, there's not one person on earth who is different. We're all the same. If you really, really listen to the story, we're all the same. May have a little few different things we do, devices and things, right? Somebody might like to smoke pot while the other person like to drink or whatever. But it's the same spirit. And I remember when I first woke up, God returned me to the Father. I stopped judging myself. Immediately, I didn't know that that was going to happen. But I, I could no longer judge myself. And 32 years have gone by. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But I cannot judge anyone. It's just not in me. He took that spirit away because he want to work through us for love. And if we judge, there is no love. And how would the lost find their way if everybody said you're a Christian and you still judge him? You know what I mean? But you cannot judge. You will not be able to judge once you forgive. He will take that spirit away. And then you'll see, he'll start allowing you to see how wicked the imagination is. The imagination is wicked. It's wicked to the core. There is no truth in imagination at all. That's why he wants you to bring every thought into captivity. Every thought. All thoughts are all lies all the time. If you really, really, this is why you got to do the silent prayer. You don't have to. <laughs> but I recommend you do the silent prayer because you don't know what you don't know. Really, until he allows you to see what you don't know. And when you see it, you're going to remember that you already knew that. Oh, that makes sense. I kind of already knew that, right? It's not new news because you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is just reminding you of what you already know. And he's with you. And he would teach you. That's why you shouldn't let no man teach you. No Jesse Peterson. No no Paul Jones, whoever that is. No nobody. We have a teacher within Little kids have a teacher. That's why when they're growing up, they, if they could just watch what the parents are doing, they learn from observation. It's not what you say, it's what you do. It really is. And, uh, and if the parent was right, the kids would be, they would, they would be fine. 
they would never have to go into that fallen state. Because they learn from the past. They are innocent. They have the Holy Spirit. They have everything they need when they come. But the parents destroy that when they become angry. So stop judging yourself. One of the days I hope to write a book about what's happening around the world. <laughs> and it's the same spirit. It's nothing different. That's what's so weird about it. And it's awful. But when you tell, when I tell the people, stop judging yourself. You can't help yourself. God is not holding that against you. Right away you see they feel a little better. Because they think God is against them as well. I say go and forgive. They go and forgive, everything starts to change. And so once it, once you come back to the Father, you got to let yourself grow. And you cannot worry about what other people think about you. Because if they had love, they knew God, they would, they would treat you as a brother or, or even an enemy now. I did my cousin TV show and, and I asked, and he was a little 30 something year old. I asked him, do you have love? He's like, I don't love everybody. I said, well, if you don't love everyone, you love no one. It's impossible not to love everyone with the God's love. All right? Uh, and he said, I hate, the, I love this neighbor over here, but I hate this neighbor. I'm like, why? Because <laughs> of the way he's been treating me or something like that. But I'm saying, you can't hate him. Really, you cannot hate because it's not them it's that spirit in them. It's not the mother. It's the spirit that made a home in the mother that turned the mother and the children away from the father. It's not her. That's why women have to go and forgive too. It's the same thing for everybody. So stop judging it, all right? You're suffering unnecessarily. God is not holding up. It's enough to want to overcome it. It's enough to don't just give into it. But if you find yourself into it, do not judge it. And you'll get over it in a path. Any question about that? <coughs> yes. Really, it's so much better living free. Christ came that we might be free. He doesn't want us in bondage to anything. Yes. I found that I don't judge others anymore, but it's still hard not to judge myself. So I'm not sure, like, really how to overcome that. I don't know if that's because I've been judging myself my whole life, but yeah. I still believe into those lies. I understand that. I totally understand it. Sammy want to tell you how to do it, and then I'll put my little two cents in. You know who Sammy is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the color for uh, How does she stop judging herself? I would tell her to just go through it and uh, observe the thoughts telling her uh, whatever it might be um, and to endure that pain and to be silent and continue doing a silent prayer. Yeah. Are you doing a silent prayer? Yes. Every day and every night? Yes. When, when those thoughts come to you to make you judge yourself, let it pass. All thoughts are all lies all the time about anything. So it's not God judging you and it's not you judging yourself, but he sounds like they sound like it's you. You hear your own voice. It sounds like you, but it's not you. Let it pass. And then the more you do that, God is bringing you out of the darkness. And after a while, you won't, <clears throat> you won't be so quick to believe the darkness. 
you'll get past it. So it's not you judging you. It's Satan trying to make you judge yourself. It's the darkness of imagination. So don't believe that if you, because you would never judge yourself. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so just let it pass. That make sense? Yes, thank you. Are you convinced yet that all thoughts are all lies? I'm convinced, but <laughs> there's like certain times where I still get like back into that. Yeah. Like, so. And when you do, don't make it a big deal. Just know you're into a thought, no big deal. Look around you, you'll see all as well. And it, 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 you'll grow from it. Be patient. All right? Yes, sir. Actually, I had the same question. But uh, I do have a comment. It's been something definitely that God's been really working on me with pretty heavily. I decided to start rereading the whole Bible all the way from the very beginning. Because especially when you're older, you see things from a different lens than you yeah. did when you were younger, especially when you grew up in the church. And I started looking at these stories, and I'm like, wow, these people did some crazy, messed up stuff. <laughs> but God still kept forgiving them yeah. through somebody who they held up there under the covenant, and then they reached out, and they were like, hey, God, these people, you know, and, and he stood in the gap for them. And, and I was like, if God can can forgive them for doing these crazy things, for men for putting, you know, other men in the front lines of armies and having them killed so they can take their wives and all this crazy stuff like <laughs> that. It's like, gosh, I'm doing nothing compared to what they did. That's right. And it, it, it's really helped me to to let go of the judgment of myself. I used to think that the men that was followers of Christ. The disciples, I think you call them. Yeah. I used to think they, they were like these holy men that God went and got, but they were anything but holy. They became that way after they started following the Father, right? But they didn't, they, didn't, they weren't having like amazing backgrounds. No. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, <laughs> I know they were like, oh, and and uh, and yet we judge people, not realizing that we're supposed to be like. Like the father, you know, not judge. Because he didn't, he looked at the heart of the people. He changed the heart. And that's what he's doing today. But because there's no real emphasis on the heart, most people don't know that. There's, it's all about everything but that. And it's so clear in the Bible. Very clear. Even when Paul said, I prayed to the father three times to remove my vice. And he's like, nope, don't worry about it. My grace is sufficient for you. He changed the heart. He didn't care about the vice. He'll clear that up, but that's not it. It's the heart. And I notice that when you wake up, you start seeing what's really in the Bible, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He allows you to see what it's really talking about. I had no idea. And, and what I notice is that the world, the outside world today, is just like the Old Testament. <laughs> it's scary. Everything that, have you ever read the Old Testament? Yeah. Because everything that happened on the outside is what's happening in the world right now. And I know it's because Christ made a new world 
within us. The kingdom of heaven, a new world, is inside of us. So we got to start living from within and not from without. But live from within. And the way you live from within, you go and forgive. God will forgive you and draw you in. Then you stop overreacting. Stop reacting to the things without. If you hear bad news, don't overreact. Go within and relax. If you, you, you're losing your job, right? Uh, by the end of the month, you, now they want you to take three vaccinations. You hear about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the? Does it work? Uh. One of the quarterbacks for the Steelers, look, he, 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 he got the COVID vaccine. He, he got COVID still. They want you to take three of the shots. But my point is, stop overreacting to the world outside. Go within and relax in it, in the pain or whatever you're feeling, right? And I'm telling you, it's a new way of living. Christ made that possible. Because every time you overreact to what's happening on the outside, you get weaker. You get weaker. But when you go within and relax, you get stronger. Because you're enduring. You're being made strong. If it looks like the world is just falling apart, don't overreact. You stop overreacting on the outside. But the, the outside world is the Old Testament. Look how people treat each other. Look at the crime and the lack of respect and the bite biting and all kind of mess. Family relationships and stuff. It's a mess. But inside of us is a totally new world. It, hold on one minute. I'll be right there. Yeah. Yes. But you're right about the Bible. Uh, but read it not to remember it. But as you're reading, you're going to see the same thing that's happening now, happened then. And God changed the heart. It wasn't about uh, the other stuff at all. Yeah. He looked at the heart. Amazing, man. Yes, sir. I saw his hand first and then here. I need you to help me understand all thoughts are, are lies yes. all the time. Yes. Um, can you help me? This is the first time I've ever heard anything like that. Oh, it is? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, have you ever had a true thought? Well, since I became... <clears throat> A follower of Christ, I think I, I have some understanding of, of truth. So because once you become His son, He will renew your mind. He did renew my mind. He definitely take. He renews the mind. That's for sure. Yeah. But you still live from the Spirit, and you're not deceived by the thoughts, because Satan still try to creep in there sometimes. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a war. Um, do, 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 do you create thoughts? Have you ever created a thought? I think so, yeah. How did you do it? Well, sometimes they come out of uh, an opportunity, experience, a sense, uh, life, you know, and I just look at what's going on outside of me and I develop thoughts about what I'm going to do with that, how I'm going to react to it, whether I want to be a part of that. So. If I understand you correctly, that my thoughts are being created by stimulus outside of me. Yes. You believe in lies. Because God's voice is a voiceless voice. He reveals things. It's a quiet, still voice. Mm-hmm. And it's here in the belly. Satan lives up here. And he'll take all the outside events and he'll create thoughts from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you just had an interview. That wasn't good. You should have said this or said that. 
And you go, yeah, that's right. I'm going to have to, you notice that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to have to do it right. But if you didn't live in thoughts, whatever happened, you would just accept it. You'd be satisfied with it. Mm. If you let those thoughts pass. But Satan will tell you, uh, sometimes when I'm driving down the road, it'll tell me that I want some uh, hot casing and bacon <laughs> from uh, <laughs> from McDonald's. McDonald has the best oatmeal, too. You ever had McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> and he would tell me that I want that. And if I believe it, I would feel for it. You know, I have a taste for it. But when I notice if I let it pass, the taste go. But I want you to practice watching those thoughts, and you'll see all thoughts are all lies all the time. Because if you created thoughts, you will always create good thoughts. You would never create a thought that would bring you down. You would never create a thought that would cause you to make a wrong decision. You would never think negatively of yourself or others. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. But you're not the creator of thoughts. Mm, excellent. But excellent. when you were traumatized as a kid, you escaped into your thoughts in order to survive because you were innocent and you knew the father and you listened to the father. But when you were traumatized, you escaped into your head. That's mm. why you got to come out of there now. Because it's a setup. And if you notice, the thoughts don't let you live in the present. They won't let you live right here, right now. They'll make you think about what has happened, what's going to happen, what's for lunch, what's for dinner, when really all you have is right now. So if you didn't get into your head, you'd be able to deal with the present, and that's where God is. But you never created a thought. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Well, that created another question for me, uh, and that comes with planning. I'm sorry? I mean, it, this question created another question for me, if I may ask two questions. Absolutely. Um, and that's planning. Planning. How does planning work? Because planning doesn't come only with presence. And it's uh, wisdom, using wisdom in order to order our next steps. And that Very comes through thoughts. So how do you plan? Okay. Uh, yes or not? Sure. Yeah, oh. how do I use my thoughts with wisdom in order to plan my future steps. That's an amazing question. Mm-hmm. Your son want to respond first, and then I'll respond, follow up. Okay. He want to tell you. He wants to tell me? <laughs> I, I guess so. <laughs> this is such a good question. I'm glad you remind me of this. Okay. Um, having a wait and see attitude yes. um, is how you plan your steps. Because, for instance, recently with, with everything being mandated, I want to stand for what's right, and I can get in my thoughts about, oh, I might lose my job, I might lose my job, but I love my job, I'm going to work hard at my job, and if I lose my job, I lose my job, I move forward. That's right. So. He's absolutely right. The, the best way to plan is not to plan, really, and don't get ahead of yourself. Stay present and just do what's in front of you. Don't, don't try to reason with it or anything. Just do what's in front of you, and what's in front of you is absolutely perfect. Now, if you want to go on a trip to California to visit your son, you, July 25th, we're going, put that on the calendar, get, get your hotels and whatever you do, right? And don't think about it anymore. But do not, do not, do what you want, but do not plan, because we don't know what he has in store for us. 
in the mind we think we know what we want and our planning will become difficult. It won't work out that well. We'll spend more money than we need to, all kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, if you don't get ahead of the present, you cannot go wrong. Do, because when you plan, you think that you know what you want, and you really don't. Okay. Yeah, I, thank you. Another question I had is about um, hatred and love. Yes. Uh, we know that the scripture urges us to hate evil. Right. And we know that evil works through people. Yes. It's just not a wind, you know, spirit going around by right. itself. Um, where do you draw the line in hating evil and acting against it. For example, what we see in our world today. Right. And we know a root of it, root a lot of it, is pure evil. How do you... First of all, if we hate it, then where our love comes in, where does our love come in? At what point? Good question. And how do we fight it? Number one, to hate it means to discern it. Mm -hmm. You see it, the injustice, but don't hate it. And then God will fight the battle for you. He'll show you how to overcome it. But if you hate it, you become like what you hate. It will get into you and you become just like that. But if you discern it, it cannot enter into your mind. It cannot enter into you. So you see it. It is evil. I see evil. It's bad out there, right? But I don't hate it because I understand why the people are doing what they're doing. It's not them, but it's that spirit that made a home in them. And so I don't hate them for that because I know what it is. I discern it. Because hate is an emotion that is only he would be in a fallen state when they're falling away from the Father. Uh, but if you of love, you don't have that. You have discernment. Right. And there are diff- different levels of love. For example, Jesus, the way he treated the Pharisees wasn't the same way he treated the blind man or the people that came to him. So... He, he did not hate the Pharisees, but he drew the line. This is how far I'm going to instruct them so yeah. for them to see the light. And if they don't, it's on them. Nice. Well, it's Whereas not. with other people, he showed healing. He was patient. He went there for the Roman soldier's daughter. He took time out of his yeah. crowds and days to go show true love. Whereas with Pharisees, he didn't. But... There's only one love that comes from God. Mm-hmm. It's not different levels. And what happens is when you deal with someone like he had to deal with the Pharisees and things, he dealt with them with perfect love. And in perfect love, there's power. Mm-hmm. You can be strong. You can raise your voice. But you're not hating them. Mm-hmm. He dealt with them with perfect love. In the same way he dealt with other people, it was the same love. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes you have to raise your voice, sometimes you don't, Right. Right. Uh, but it's the same love. There is no uh, degree of love that comes from God. It's the same for everybody all the time. He, he, he loves everyone the same. That's why once you forgive, you come into his love. Even if Adolf Hitler, and I don't know a lot about Hitler. I don't know. I just know I hear about it from the, from the folks who hate the Jews. Uh, and, and people ask me, could Hitler have gone to heaven, right? If he had forgiven, he could have gone to heaven. God would have forgiven him for all that he did because God knows he came through his mother. He was made to be that way. He was innocent and evil took over. And so God treated everybody the same with the same love. The Pharisees, the anybody else, it doesn't change. 
And when you come to love, that's what's going to happen with you. You're going to treat everybody the same. You'll be honest, you'll speak up, but it'll be, it'll be a perfect love. That's what I would tell him about his kids. If they spill something, as long as he's not mad, that's what makes the change in them for the good. Yeah. Good question, though. Thank you. Yeah. Amazing. Anybody else? Oh, how you, how, when did you decide that you were to become a sinner? Oh, jeez. <laughs> he like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, gosh, I don't even know how to answer this question. Uh, never thought of this sin concept. So this is why God, He really wants you to think on these things. Think on things that are good and just and righteous, right? Don't be thinking about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, who your friends are, blah blah blah. And then wisdom will come. Oh my goodness! What's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> when did you decide that you wanted to become a sinner? I don't know. I just. I mean, I guess I've done my share of bad things in life, and I can't specifically recall. I mean, jeez. Uh, you never thought about this? No, not really. I never thought about sinning or anything, you know. It's like, uh, just, it never occurred to me about, to cons- like, I never, not once in my entire life have I considered anything regarding a sin or not even as a teenager, not, and I'm an old guy. And how old are you? Oh, geez, sixties. Oh yeah, you old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's like uh, you made me feel young. Yeah, it's, well, we're in the same category, but that's real I, old. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never thought about sin. I think once in my life. Did you grow up a Christian? No, no, no. There was no religion in my family. Oh, I see. There was no religion in my family. Oh, okay. So, uh, I mean, I came from a broken, dysfunctional family, that's for sure. Uh, are you convinced that all thoughts are all lies all the time about anything? Uh, uh, your thoughts, are per- thoughts can be definitely can be evil. And I, I'm definitely convinced that uh, when you marry your thoughts... You're married to the wrong thing. Yeah. Right? So Absolutely. you can't be married to your thoughts because it's the beginning of a downward spiral. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> when you're um, married, when you marry your thoughts, it's the beginning of a downward spiral. Yeah. And uh, I mean, people that overthink tend to screw themselves. That's what thoughts are set up for to yeah. destroy you. Yeah, so they're not set up to bring life; they're bringing death. No, it's just uh, I, I don't see people that overthink as being extremely happy. Right, right. You know, it's like you got to keep life simple, and overthinking is keeping life very complicated. Absolutely. So your life is getting better now. Oh yeah, it's got a lot better. Right it's got a lot better. My son's getting better. My job's getting better. Uh, amazing. I mean, thank gosh for one of the mentors here that brought me to this church, right? Yeah. Richard. So yeah. if it hadn't been for Richard, he, you know, I would have been a downward spiral. But he saw he saw this guy sinking. Ho- holy crap, this guy's sinking. You better come here. And I was like, what the? 
as you say. What, what the? the? <laughs> right, but uh, Richard was right, right, you know? And uh, Richard Nessel, he was a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, he's still alive, sorry, I apologize, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like he's dead, but he's not. Uh, and so that was good, and I mean, I've learned quite a few things here, and and um, I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm glad to be, definitely, I'm, I'm surprised to be alive still, actually. Yeah. I didn't think when I When you first came, you wanted to commit suicide. Yeah. No so. relationship with your son and everything. My son, my relationship with son's better. I'm yeah. a lot better. It's like uh, I had to overcome my anger and just watch what I say to him because I guess the weaker I came into my voice, the less respect he had for me and the, the more I pushed him away. Yeah. So the more weakness I showed the more he hated me, right? So when I was downward spiraling I, and I showed my weakness, he didn't appreciate it. He even hated me more, Yeah. Uh, right? You know, it's like total beta, all right? You know, and he was like, I don't care if you're going downhill. Screw yourself, Dad. You know, it's like, you know, it's just like you're a weak piece of crap. Right, you know, and I, I don't respect that. And he goes, you come back when you're a little bit tougher. I don't want to deal with a little puss. Right, you know? So that's, that's, so I, I became stronger. He, he didn't know and then he hurt. became, I, it became better. Right, but, I mean, I mean, in other words, I became, the more alpha I became, the more my son loved me. The more beta I was, even, in, even when I was, you know, in the gutter, he was, he was like, Cold heart calculating. It's like, I'm 17 years old and you're a piece of crap. You're a stupid old man, right? You know, and I was like, and I could see that nobody respects a beta, especially right. your son, especially a teenage son, you know, or teenage daughter. It's just like, you know, you, you may reveal yourself, your weakness, and think, oh, I'm being open and honest, and he's thinking, you're, you're a pathetic piece of crap, right, you know? <laughs> So it's like I'm 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 being less beta, right on, and less revealing, and he's and more alpha, and he's respecting that way more. Nice, right? I mean, well, I'm glad, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, this place has helped me a lot. It's like uh, the 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 support here and everything, and I'm definitely moving up job wise. So I'm rocking it. So I, I was like, this I got a job that's pays twice what I. Before I was unemployed, because I was unemployed for five months, and I, that's screwed my life up. Like, well, it screwed up me mentally. I don't. I've never been unemployed any more than one month in my entire life. So we're talking like forty years. Right, forty years. I've never been unemployed longer than a month, and this time during COVID nineteen, I was unemployed for about five months. Well, actually, one hundred thirty eight days. I counted. And it, it screwed me up so badly, I just could not cope. Well, I'm glad I went to you. Yeah. yeah. Right on, but man. I, I mean, I got a job. I mean, I kept looking for work when I was down. And and every time every time I drop in the hole, you know, during this unemployment, I, I'll get another job interview. And so I was, okay, that saved me. And then I lost that. I mean, I went through about 16 job interviews before I landed my dream job. 
and you know, all of a sudden I'm making double the amount of my other job, working 19 hours a week. I'm working 19 hours a week, and I'm making double the pay of my previous job. Right on. Right, so it's it's kind of freaky. Well, good, man. Yeah. Are you doing the silent prayer at all? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I That's <coughs> something that's uh, it's a little weakness of mine. No, oh, okay. Do the silent prayer and get better for you. Okay, thank you. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. I was a beta male when I was sick. I said, oh, I feel like a beta. I was so weak in my body. I was like, this is beta. <laughs> I was so beta. <laughs> I'm like, like, I want my mama. (laughs) I can't find my mama. (laughs) Anyway, did you have your hand? Oh, you didn't? Okay. Oh, yes, sir. What is a silent prayer? It's a silentprayer.video. Sammy would get, it's on our YouTube channel, www.silentprayer.video. And start doing that so that God can bring you out, catch up with you, and bring you out of the imagination, into the light, all right? And uh, uh, do it morning and night. Any questions? This is your first time before we end here. Any questions about anything? Uh, well, I, I'm a writer, I, and I like to use my imagination. I, I don't think anyone might get it or, or something, but I wonder, is that okay? You can use it as a tool. And when you're done writing, put it down. Put the imagination down. You can definitely use it as a tool. And that's about it. Have you gone and forgiven? <clears throat> Have you overcome your anger? Uh, I, I can be triggered sometimes when, when things, certain things, little right. small things sometimes. Like the window wouldn't close right and it was uh, a lot of work to get it to function properly again. And then there was some other stimulus. People were being uh, psychotic, and so I I just kind of lost it and got really angry. As I told them, you know, I'm tired of hearing you. You're retarded, and you want attention, and we go somewhere else. And well, go and forgive your parents so you can overcome the anger. Did you know that any male that has anger is a woman? I I, I did not. I. I Sometimes I, I do uh, see a lot of way uh, womanly traits. I mean, I'm, I'm straight, but uh, I, I do think that I, I definitely have some of those uh, some of those th- things about myself. That's your mother's identity that made a home in you. When you were a kid and she made you angry as a kid, you became like her. You become like what you hate, right? So you have her identity. It's not normal for men to be angry. Men are patient, they endure, they don't, you know, they are simple, they are common sense. So go and forgive your mother for what she did and just say, hey, I'm sorry for resenting you. Once you see it for yourself for sure, forgive her and forgive your father for not protecting you from her. Your whole world will change. You will, God would take the spirit of anger away. Okay. All right. And do the silent prayer morning and night and you'll be fine. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for coming, all right? Yes, sir. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. Amazing. You're welcome. Any questions about anything? For me? Yes, sir. This is church, and the scriptures tell us that women are not to speak 
in church? I tried to get him to shut up. <laughs> but she kept on talking. She kept on. Now I'll play. Go ahead. Please continue because I'm curious as to why we have women speaking in this church. Are you curious about why they're speaking? Because they need help too. You don't think they should speak? I'm they're just telling you what the scripture says. And I'm curious. I, could, I could speak on the topic for a while, but I'm curious. If, if anybody else wants to answer, I'm interested to hear. Okay, right here. Answer it. You bring it up mighty late. No, the young lady first, and then I come to you. No, I wouldn't go first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just, I think it's the preaching. That, that's what right. I took from it. It's the teaching I and the preaching. Te- the teaching and preaching, but not just asking questions, because that's, that's a little too kind of off, you know? To, well, to actually, they say you're supposed I to ask your husband, but most women don't have husbands. Yeah. Once you get home. Yes, ma'am. Pass the mic to her. But you're right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Women shouldn't talk at church. You I agree with that scripture. But I, I think it means more like um, women don't, like tend to wear the pants in the relationship. And I realized like nothing's new under the sun. So probably like in the Old Testament, women still ran the house and ran the man. Yeah. So it's more like you have to be silent. And I think like I'll, make, your I'll make that a biblical question. That's a good question. Because uh, women have to speak, ask questions in the church, especially this true. kind of church, because they don't have husbands and they don't have fathers. They don't have anyone to go to. You know what I mean? Okay. Yes. You, and you're no, saying that true. they shouldn't be that's allowed to speak true. at all, right? No, I mean, I get it, though, because we don't have, um, like, if I have questions, I ask my husband all the time at home. Um, but, like, what are, you, what are you supposed to do? We don't have any guidance. Like, we're so far gone. Yeah. But I don't think I have authority to tell people, like, oh, I know how to fix your problems. I know how to fix your problems. Let me yeah. let me get up here and start talking and preaching. They should not lead men. They should not be up preaching uh, and teaching Sunday school and all that crap. There are women all the time in this group that say things as an instruction to others. So oh, yeah. I'm just curious about what your perspective is on Nice. This. Yes, ma'am. Do y'all need to hear first and then hear? I understand what he's saying, and I kind of agree that I don't think I should be instructing anybody. But as like for myself, when I heard Jesse speak the truth, I was like, oh, this is it. It was harsh, but I was like, this is truth right so i came here and i can't go home and tell my husband because he's not on the same page as i am so i'm grateful and this is why i you know i have questions or i listen to other people and i kind of relate it to my life but i mean if i can't ask a question here then who who do i ask right like okay right here Uh, it's just brought up the thought uh what would israel what would israel look like if deborah would not have spoken um, so that's just, I, you know, it brought up that question. But also, James, doesn't he um, encourage us uh, to have good thoughts, pure thoughts, thoughts, godliness? Right, but not the godliness. ones from the imagination. Just from the heart. Just from the heart. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. You. And, and as I was saying to your husband, what happens is when you overcome that father's state, you will, your mind will be renewed. He will renew your mind, and your mindset will become his mindset. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. 
I, I got it in. Um, but we'll use that as a biblical question too. I didn't know you were that mean. <laughs> so, because <laughs> he's tough. So you ladies, you want me to make, not let y'all say anything in church? <laughs> All right, a good question though. Can you make it short? I see. It's a question about the Oh, okay. It's not. I'm not. I don't know. So. <laughs> I'm still figuring that that same question out, like, oh, should I speak or not? But more as a mother. Oh, he's intimidating now. Ah? You trying to wonder if you should speak now? No, 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 oh. now, no, no, no. In general, like as a mother, right? You have no problem speaking. I time. know. That's why I'm saying. You're the last person that. I know, but that's why exactly why I'm saying because I speak a lot. I'm like thinking, okay. I don't want to be speaking like like he says. Like I don't want to be preaching anything if I'm the weaker vessel, right? And as a mother, we have the most time with the kids, right? right. So how that, does that even look as a mother um, speaking to your your daughter, your son about things when they're in front of you and the father's not there? It's just something that I'm always kind of like thinking, I guess. That's why you have to stay away from anger so you can see clearly how to do all things when it's time to do it. Just stay away from, out of your imagination. Stay away from hate. Yeah. Right? Amazing. So, we're out of time. We're like totally out of time. Uh, uh, once again, happy Thanksgiving. We will be doing the shows, the radio shows tomorrow. Am I right, Dave? Yes. You'll be back tomorrow too? Yeah. And so we will be doing the Jesse Peter show and the hate report uh, tomorrow, alright? Thank you all. We appreciate your super chats and D-Lives. We'll get to that tomorrow as well. And your donations and tithes and offerings. Thank you so much. And enjoy the rest of your weekend. And thank you all for coming. I totally appreciate it. Made it easy today. Chris, we're going to make that the biblical question. <laughs>